I'm Jonathan Goldstein, and you're listening to Wiretap on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Private Life, Public Performance. Dear Mr. Chenoy, my name is Sam Narvey. I'm 10 years old, and I live in Montreal, Quebec. It was my birthday on Saturday, and all my friends were there. After the cake, my mom put on a record, the big black kind. She said it was from the 70s. It was a live recording of a hypnotist hypnotizing people on stage. At the beginning of the record, there was a voice warning you that even listening to the record at home could make you get hypnotized too. The record was called The Man They Call Shinoi. That is you, right? You're the hypnotist on the record? The Man They Call Shinoi? We were all excited to get hypnotized by the record, but afterwards we all said it did not work. But Jesse Kaplan said it did work and he went and sat in my sister's closet. We couldn't get him to come out, and now his mom is mad at my mom. Because after they got Jesse out of the closet, he was acting really weird. He was going, blue-doo, 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 and walking with his hands in front of him like he was sleepwalking. I know Jesse's faking, because he's really immature. But I heard my mom on the phone with Jesse's mom today, and they were yelling because Jesse had been going, blue-doo, 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 today too. I think your record hypnotized him. I want to know how to undo it. Please write back now, because it's an emergency. Sincerely, Sam Narvey. Dear Sandra, what an unexpected surprise. I have not performed as a hypnotist in quite some time, so it was with great pleasure that I read your letter. Imagine a record I made all that time ago a record I didn't make a nickel from, mind you, finding its way to a new generation's ears. It really brought a lot of joy to an old man's day. Anyway, getting to the matter at hand, I'm sorry to say this, but your friend Jerry is an out-and-out liar. People that I've elevated to a superconscious state do entertaining things, like the YMCA dance, for instance, or the ostrich walk, or Jimmy Walker imitations. They don't walk around going boo-hoo-hoo. You think I could have filled Vancouver's Orpheum Theater for eight straight weeks in 1963 with boo-hoo-hoo? Now here's my advice. Get a pail, fill it with some cold tap water, and dump it over your friend's head. I'm quite sure that ought to make things right. Yours, Shinoi. Dear Mr. Shinoy, first of all, my name is Sam, not Sandra. Sandra's a girl's name. It's also the name of my grandmother's charwoman. Jesse came to me today in school and went, Blue-doo, blue-doo, blue-doo. I am a man back from the dead. And he told Mrs. Pincus, the Hebrew teacher, that he was a man from the time of Abraham. And he was only visiting our school to make sure the teachers were telling the Bible right. Mrs. Pincus sent him to Mr. Saffron's office, and Mr. Saffron called Jesse's mom, and he had to go home because he was insulting God. I'm going to Jesse's house after school, and I have a pail from when my family went to the beach in Maine in the summer, so I'll use that for the water. Can you tell me how to disappear after I do it? Because Jesse's dad is a lawyer, and my mom says he is a very angry man. I don't want him to sue you for making a record that makes Jesse walk around all day like he's sleeping. But I also don't want to get sued for making him get soaked with water. Sincerely, Sam Narvey. Mr. Sam, 
you can put your little mind to rest. I have no fear of lawyers, and neither should you. What's a lawyer going to get from me that a lifetime of managers and three ex-wives haven't gotten already? Tell your lawyer friend to get in line. I found the album of which you write. It was hanging in a frame in my rumpus room, and I sliced my finger trying to pull it out from behind the glass. Don't ask what a mess I had. I used a whole bottle of club soda scrubbing blood from the carpet half the night. Finally, I sat down with the album and took a good long look at the jacket. Dear me, who was that handsome son of a gun? A full head of hair like Wolfman Jack I had back in those days. I listened to that old album of mine for the first time in God knows how long. It's powerful stuff. If that bucket of water fails you, here's a little something you can try. I know enough Bible to tell you that men from the time of Abraham wore sock garters. It's true. So ask your friend what it was like wearing those back in the olden days. That ought to get him to knock off the jive. Yours, Shinoi. Dear Mr. Shinoi, I did the water pail thing, and now I'm grounded for three weeks. I'm in big trouble. I showed your letter to my mom because I didn't know what you meant by sock garters. She read it and was quiet and told me to go to my room. And now I hear her talking in whispers with my dad downstairs. I think maybe they're mad at you. Sincerely, Sam Narvey. Dear Sam, in my day, dumping water over someone's head was just a fun-loving way to say how do you do. Everyone's so darn serious nowadays. Anyway... That's what I get for trying to be a nice guy. Try writing other hypnotists and see what happens. You think Mesmo the Suggestive would give you a personal response? Or Duke Mickey Hypnoblatz? I care too much. That's my problem. Look, back to this Jerry. Try popping a paper bag very loudly behind his head. It worked for me at a show in Reno once. Use your lunch bag, and once you've got his attention, tell him in your strongest voice... I command thee to return thyself to thy normal self. That's all I got. Yours truly, Shinoi. Mr. Shinoi, stay away from my son. Do not communicate with Sam any further. Do not answer any letters he may send you in the future. I hope I am making myself clear. Sincerely, Marla Narvi. Ms. Narvi, with all due respect, I was just trying to be helpful. Someone wrote me, so I wrote back. That's just good old-fashioned manners. You know, in olden times, hypnotists were called shamans. They were valued members of the community. Nowadays, they grow old all alone in tract homes and answer fan mail from five-year-olds. Not that this is any of my business, but might I suggest unplugging the video games and the record players and taking your son to the park to fly a kite? Maybe then he'd come to you for advice instead of to an old man he's never even met. Respectfully, Shinoi. Dear Melvin Isaac Chinovsky, a.k.a. the man they call Shinoi, this is a cease and desist order. This letter is to demand that your ongoing correspondence with Sam Narvi and his family cease and desist immediately. Should you continue to pursue these activities in violation of this cease and desist order, we will not hesitate to pursue legal action against you. Do not speak to, contact, pursue, harass.
Dear Mr. Shinoi, Hi. Guess what? The paper bag thing actually worked. I did it right behind his head, and Jesse just stopped acting like an idiot, and we spent the rest of recess playing murder ball, just like we used to. Thanks, Mr. Shinoi. One day I want to be a magician, just like you. My mom wants me to be an orthodontist like my dad, but today I know I have a different talent than teeth. Sincerely, Sam Narvi. Sam, please excuse the postcard, but I'm on the road and didn't bring along any stationery. Nice picture, though, huh? It's the Grand Canyon. I've always wanted to go, but kept putting it off. Well, now, no more putting things off. I just wanted to let you know that you did a real great job dehypnotizing your friend, and I think you may have a future in the business. So now, pay close attention, Sam. By your reading this, I, the man they call Shinoi, have officially transferred all of my magical powers to you, Sam Navi. On the count of three, one, two, three. So now you are ready to go forth into the world and bring magic, and I am ready to enjoy the life of a regular mortal. Good luck, kid, and God bless. Sincerely, the man they once called Shinoi. Hi, is this Raymond Ty? Yes, this is Raymond. I'm calling because I found your number on your on your website. Which website? I, I have uh, several. Uh, the one called unhappybirthday.com. Oh yeah, absolutely. C- could you explain w- w- what exactly the, uh, that website is and what its mandate is? Sure. the The website is trying to do two things. It's trying to educate the public about the copyrighted status of the song Happy Birthday. Because in fact, it is a copyrighted song. That's right. Yes. It's not. It's not in the public domain. No, no. The song uh, "Happy Birthday" was uh, first sort of written by two sisters from mm-hmm. Kentucky, uh, Mildred Hill and Patty Hill, mm-hmm. um, and the song was called "Good Morning to All," and it had the sort of the the same melody. The melody being. Are you are, are you allowed to do that? Uh, in fact, I am. Because the melody itself was published earlier than the lyrics, and as a result, it has fallen into the public domain. Really? Oh yeah. And yet sure. the ly- but if you couple that with the lyrics, then that's right. The combination of that song and that tune uh, that still remains under Happy Birthday. It was the it, the copyright that itself to the publisher, which was then uh, purchased by uh, Time Warner. Uh huh. So the, so the first goal is to educate the public about the copyrighted status of the song. Okay. And the second, the second goal is to uh, help uh, educate the public on how they can uh, identify unauthorized public performances of the song, and to uh, you know, uh, um, you know, point point out if people are unwilling to contact and pay themselves, then to 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 turn them in. So, so, so you, so you, what, what this comes down to is if you know, if if they're sitting in, say, like a Ponderosa Steakhouse or something, and someone at the table beside them uh, starts singing "Happy Birthday" to their, you know, eighty-year-old great aunt, to walk over to the, the table of revelers and and tell them that they are right now infringing on copyright laws. Absolutely, and uh, if they refuse to talk, to then uh, point out that fact to. 
to Time Warner or to the licensing um, agency. And, and this is something that you have actually done? I, I do it every time that I hear an unauthorized performance. And, 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 and you feel in doing so that you're, you're, you're doing good work? Uh, I, I know that I'm doing good work. Absolutely. I, I'm standing up for the letter of the law. Right, but it seems a little bit harsh. Like, like in, in, in that kind of a situation uh, where someone's just celebrating a birthday in, in public, I mean, it's, it's sort of like a victimless crime, really, don't you think? No, no, it's not a victimless crime. Any time the law is violated, not, not, it's not just about that particular instance. It's about, it's about, the, it's about the fact that, that they're ignoring the rules in ways that, if everyone did it, would, 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 would make everything fall apart. If, if everyone is saying happy birthday without, without paying sums of money to, to Warner Brothers? Absolutely. Every time anyone sings happy birthday without paying, they're, they're violating the laws, and we, we can't allow that. Okay, and, and, and so what, and what, generally speaking, I mean, what's been the response to your website? Uh, the response has been, uh, there's been a lot of it, yeah. uh, but, but I can't say the response is, is particularly warm in most cases. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you, do you have any of these uh, emails handy? Oh, yes, I have, I have many emails. Um, uh, let's see. Here's one. It says, Dear Sir, uh, Atrocity and strife run rampant in the world. Babies are abandoned in dumpsters. Boss tweeds embezzles and get severance pay. Impoverished Indonesians make sneakers for pennies. Out of all these indignities and countless others I haven't the time to mention, why do you make it your personal crusade to assist in the flagrant persecution of family restaurants for partaking in the time-honored tradition of singing Happy Birthday? God forbid these foul brigands bend copyright law in order to bring a smile to someone's face. And and how do you, and how do you respond to that? Well, I, I mean, I I, I explained that that um, yes, I agree that uh, there are many other many other problems in the world, but that uh, many of those problems, including many of the ones that he mentioned, stem from the fact that people disregard the law, and that the law is here to help and protect us, and in many cases to you know protect uh, people's livelihoods. So so. Well, Raymond, I mean, you, you're you're so dedicated to this uh, that that say like when you're having a birthday, you you I mean well, I mean well, no yeah. one no one sings you happy birthday. Uh, yeah, I, I have to say, not 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 usually. No, I, I suppose I'm not uh, celebrating with with a lot of a lot of people these days. But uh, back back when I was young, I mean, I, well, I I suppose I I my birthdays were were more rare than than some. How do you mean? Well, I, I was born on uh, February 29th. Oh, on elite day. So, so uh, th- those would only pop up every four years. Yeah, that's right. So I actually only I, I I was only you know allowed to have a birthday party every four years. That's right. Well, that must have been rough as a kid. Um, it was it was too bad only having a birthday. You know when I you know when I was eight and didn't have another one till twelve. I mean, I say that that patch was a little rough. I mean, well, when I you know the the between the the the, the twelve and sixteen, that was yeah, that was a little easier. And now, now you don't notice it, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a little hard. Yeah, that's funny. I I think I knew, when I was in grade three, I had a friend who had a younger brother who was born on a leap day, and what his family did was they would either celebrate the birthday on February twenty eighth, or I think sometimes they would celebrate it on March first. Yeah, some people some people do that, uh, but but they they obviously didn't have you know. My, my father, I mean, he he taught us pretty clearly that that, that you know birthdays are are the celebrations you have on the day that you were born, 
And uh, if you happen to be born on a day that only comes every four years, well, that's, that's unfortunate, but you only have a birthday once every four years. And that's what he uh, allowed. So, yeah, that's right. And um, not not everybody gets to sing. Not everybody gets to sing the stupid happy birthday song. Not everybody gets to to, to have a birthday every year. Uh huh. My father, uh, you know, like like I do, but believed in, in in rules. And my father was quite clear. We only celebrated my birthday when it was my birthday. That's that's the rule. All right. Well, well. Thanks so much for for talking with me, Raymond. Um, um, thanks. It's been it's been good talking to you. I'm uh, I'm happy to spread the word. Hello. Hello. Hey, Howard. What's going on? Very much. Uh, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling fine. Are you really feeling fine? Yeah, I'm feeling fine. Why? You what? sound a little blue. I'm no bluer than I usually am. I, you know, if you are feeling bad, I was thinking of blessing you today with the gift of comedy. Uh-huh. I've decided I'm going to be a stand-up comic. Stand-up comic, eh? You know, like, I've always been a funny guy. Yeah, you know, that's I, I've true. always made you laugh and yeah. always made everybody laugh. Remember that time I was at the bar and I was, I was trying to fill up my lighter with lighter fluid, and then I, I kind of flicked it and, and my whole beard went up in flames? Remember that? I had this I, whole mane of flames I, around my head. That was horrible. That, that wasn't funny. Oh, everyone was just rolling on the floor. and going, Mean-spirited drunkards were laughed at. I mean, that, 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 it, it, you almost had second-degree burns. I was on fire, and I was laughing, like responding to everybody else's laughter, and it was, it was just a great moment. Or Remember when we were in summer camp together? And I was roasting that marshmallow, and the whole thing caught on fire, and I wanted to blow it out. And I had that big kind of curved stick, and it swung over and smacked right into my face. And I had this flaming marshmallow right on my cheek. And I had everybody, I was screaming, and I ran into the lake. Everything was just dying. I mean, again, Howard, that, was that, wasn't, so that, was, that was awful. I'm into that tragic comedian thing that John Belushi, Lenny Bruce, Fatty Arbuckle, you know, I, I feel like that's me. Like, I'm full of rage. I'm full of rage against society. And I feel like I can communicate that rage through, through humor. Yeah. You know, like, I, I got some good material here. I even, I You've even, already started gathering material? Yeah. Yeah, I even, have, I even have a bunch of stuff about you that I wrote. I thought you'd be a good, like, target. Oh, really? Uh, John drinks, John drinks so much, we call him Johnny Catwalker. I like as opposed to Johnny Walker. Yeah, the alcohol. Yeah, I really, really yeah. wish that you would stop. John's a drunk. Absolutely. You get it? I, uh, John's so sweaty, water wings are part of his wardrobe. What, 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 what is a water wing? You know water wings, those, those inflatable orange things that kids put on their arms when they're learning how to swim? Uh-huh. Uh, John's so uptight, his idea of loosening up is unstitching his corrective girdle. Huh? Well, okay, first of all, I mean, I, no one's going to know who I, I am. I mean, there's no sense in basing your whole... You know, I think like maybe you can come to like one of the early shows, like maybe some kind of amateur night or something, and I can, I can bring you, I can lure you onto the stage, and I can put you on like a stool and make like I'm going to serenade you, but instead of singing like, like beautiful love songs, I can just insult you, like a barrage of insults, one after the other. You're ugly, you have glasses, look at your complexion. Why would I want to do this? Well, why would anybody want to do that? That's, it's, a, it's a standard for stand-up comedians. They, they target one guy in the audience. Right, but usually he's not on a stool on the but, stage with you, and he's not a friend of yours. No one has to know you're my friend. It's just that's the idea. You think that's going to amuse people? Me insulting you? Um, let me think. Yes, yes, that would amuse people. That would amuse me a lot. 
Yeah, it might amuse you. Pointed all your all your flaws. Look, look at this, ladies and gentlemen. This man looks like a constipated yak. I, you know, that. I think there's a fine line between comedy and just, you know, being, being cruel. And I think you... Ooh, you, smell that breath over the telephone. You, you know, maybe we can be like this kind of like one of those like teen comedy things. You can be like the straight guy, and I can just be like the zany, you know, Costello kind of guy. Yeah, like, let's try it. Like, like, hey, who's on first? Are you kidding me? Let's just try it. Let's do it to warm up, see if that can... All right, so you, you, wait, you want me to say who's on yeah, first? who's on first. Okay, who's on first? Right. No, I think you're supposed to say what's on second. See, I, I never really understood that whole sketch, to be honest. Oh, what are you being? Are you being serious? Is that part of the sketch? No, I. You do you, seriously? You don't understand who's on first? Well, who who's on first? The person's name on first base is who. Right, right. Are you pretending to understand the joke? I mean, we should work it through a few times again. Again. But do you understand the basic premise? Um, what's the premise, first of all? You, 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 you've heard who's on first, right? And I, and, I, and I found it very funny, although I didn't really understand the... Okay, all right, right, all right, all right. Howard, listen, you know what? I need a sounding board here. Mm -hmm. But you just soundboard. Yeah, see? That's fast. Get it, sounding board. Is this thing on? That's another one. Like, there's all these guys, they do, like, they have all this observation. Like, like what's the story with winter? It's cold, it's wet, it's miserable, it's windy, it's icy. I mean, yeah. forget, you know, I mean, what's going on with that? I mean, it's... someone forget not to invite this guy? I mean, winter. What's with winter? It's just winter, Howard. I mean, it's not... It's... I know, but what's up with it? You... It's cold, it's wet, there's no leaves on the tree. Yeah, there's icy. nothing up with winter, Howard. It's just, it's a season. But they all do that. They say things. I'm like, what's with bricks? You got houses made of wood? You have houses made of aluminum? What's with bricks? Hello? 2008? I mean, why we build houses with computers. I mean, why don't we build houses with houses? It's 2008. Hello? Ha Howard, have you tried at any of this material for anybody? I don't even think it's so much about the material, you know, for the comedy. It's the comedian, you know? Uh -huh. I can do things like, here, I got, I got all kinds of sound effects I can throw in. I got water dripping. Like, if a joke doesn't work, I can say, like, uh, hey, mister, is that your wife? Or are you taking your dog out for a walk? Like water dripping, like, uh -huh. and maybe that'll make the audience laugh. Yeah, I. So let's see what else I got here. Okay, I'm making fun of you. Uh, winter, did I do the whole winter thing? Yeah, you did that. Winter. Um, okay, Howard, you get okay, your Howard, material you together. Get your material you, together, and you call, and you call me. Call me. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Is the, this oh, is this is a part of your your your, your, your comedic, comedic routine? routine? You just imitate. You just imitate me. Okay, Howard, okay, Howard. It's not. It's that's not comedy. It's, you're, 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 it's just annoying. Annoying. Howard, mimicry is the lowest form of comedy. Howard, can you stop it already? You're driving me bonkers. That's very good. Howard, do you want my honest feedback? This is like the part of the conversation where everything gets all hurtful. I think you're a funny guy. I do. I just, I don't know if you're ready to go up on stage with the material that you are that you have so far, is, is what I'm saying. I guess you're right. You know, it's funny, I mean, I'm telling you all these stories about how I used to make people laugh, you know, like with the lighter fluid, yeah. and with the marshmallow, oh, wow. and here I am, trying to gear myself up for, like, the next step, going to, you know, a comedy club, going onto the stage, and the whole thing just goes bust. Like, what does that tell you? Well, you know, I, I mean, I guess it, you know, it just shows you that, the, you know, the moment you try to commercialize something that you just do naturally and, and spontaneously, no, that, no, you no. know, that it's fire. What do you, it's fire. What are you talking about? That's the key. That's the laugh getter. Howard Chaklitz and the flames. Flame and Howard Chaklitz.
it really seems to get people laughing. Howard, that that's not funny. Well, it's not funny why is everyone laughing? People love that stuff. So what do you say? You're going to go on stage and just set yourself on fire? That's going to be your routine? You'll be dead by the end hey, of the you know, week. I'm really starting to see this now. Howard. It can be like Henny Youngman and a violin. Howard. You know, Steve Martin and his banjo. Me and Flame. Howard. I don't even have to even write material. And all I basically need is some alcohol, some matches, maybe an asbestos blanket and the fire extinguisher, and I'm set. I'm not going to let you go out there and kill yourself. This is this very unhealthy. The dry Stephen Wright. The wet... I'm riding in your car You turn on the radio You're pulling me close I just say no I say I don't like it But you know On Wiretap today, you heard the Shinoi Narvi letters, which were written by Murray Silkoff and myself, and originally appeared in Guilt and Pleasure magazine. The letters were read by Daniel Freed, Buzz Goldstein, Judith Blyer, and Anne Lang. You also heard on today's show Raymond Tai from UnhappyBirthday.com and Howard Chakowitz, whose wonderful new book of comics and cartoons can be purchased at ConundrumPress.com. Wiretap is produced by Mira Bertwintonic. Carolyn Warren, and me, Jonathan Goldstein. Production assistance from Crystal Duhame. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap. <laughs>